ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له اشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله Verily the praise belongs to Allah, we praise Him, seek His assistance and forgiveness and we seek refuge in Allah from the evil of ourselves and the evil consequences of our deeds. Whomever Allah guides, there is no one that can lead Him astray and whomever Allah leads astray, there is no one that can guide Him. And I bear witness that nothing deserves to be worshipped except Allah alone and that He has no partners. And I bear witness that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallama is his slave servant and his messenger. In this, I think, fourth in our series of lectures concerning fiqh al-hadith or the understanding that is derived from the sayings and practices and approvals of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam uh, we would like to continue in the chapter of At-Tahara, purification. And we started last week with the description of the wudu of the Prophet ﷺ, mentioning the hadith of Humran, the freed slave of Uthman ibn Affan radiallahu anhu. In that hadith, it is reported that Uthman ibn Affan radiallahu anhu called for the water of ablution and then gave a demonstration of how the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam performed wudu. He washed his two hands three times then he put his right hand ثُمَّ أَدْخَلَ يَمِينَهُ فِي الْوَضُوء Then he put his right hand in the water which was prepared for wudu. ثُمَّ تَمَضْمَضَ وَاسْتَنْشَقَ وَاسْتَنْثَرَ Then he put water into his mouth to rinse his mouth out and he put water at the same time into his nose blowing it out ثُمَّ غَسَلَ وَجْهَهُ He washed his face ثلاثاً three times وَيَدَيْهِ إِلَى الْمِرْفَقَيْنِ ثلاثاً and wiping or washing his hands up to the elbows three times ثُمَّ مَسَحَ بِرَأْسِهِ Then he wiped his head ثُمَّ غَسَلَ كِلْتَ رِجْلَيْهِ ثلاثاً Then he washed both of his feet three times and after that Uthman ibn Affan radiallahu anhu said that I saw the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallama performing wudu in the same way as this wudu of mine. And he, that is the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam after performing such a wudu said, مَن تَوَضَّعَ نَحْوَ وُدُوءِ هَذَا ثُمَّ صَلَّ رَكَعَتَيْنِ 
لا يحدث فيهما نفسه غفر له ما تقدم من ذنبه and in another narration غفر الله له ما تقدم من ذنبه he said the prophet sallallahu said whoever performs ablution or wudu like this wudu of mine and then prays or performs two rak'ah of prayer and in those two rak'ah he doesn't speak to himself that is he doesn't uh, allow his thoughts to wander and to reflect on anything other than the prayer that he is performing in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then Allah will forgive him for his previous sins or he would be forgiven for his previous sins according to the two narrations of this hadith uh, we discussed that hadith in some detail the meaning of the hadith and also we discussed uh, some points of ikhtilaf amongst the scholars concerning that hadith and some of the uh, rulings that are derived from it the two points of ikhtilaf that we discussed in this hadith was the point of whether or not istinshaq uh, that is taking water into the nose is it mustahab uh, in wudu or is it wajib and we said that the imam Abu Hanifa, Malik, Shafi and Sufyan and others said that it was mustahab and not wajib while the most well-known saying of Imam Ahmed is that it is wajib and it is his opinion that the wudu is not correct without the performance of istinshaq that is the cleaning of the nose with water uh, then we mentioned the evidences of both of them and it was surrounding the first group who said that it wasn't wudu it was their understanding from the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam عشرة من سنن المرسلين there are ten things from the sunan of the messengers and they understood this word sunan to mean that since istinshaq is one of the sunnas then it's not obligatory and the others answered them by saying that in other narrations of this hadith it mentions عشرة من الفطرة يعني there are ten things that are of the natural practices of all the prophets of the past and here the meaning of sunnah or sunan, the plural of sunnah here the meaning it was their practice and we mentioned last week that sunnah has many meanings and amongst those meanings is the practice or manner of doing things doing something and it was the practice or the manner of all of the prophets not only our prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam and it doesn't here mean that it's uh, not obligatory yani the meaning of sunnah here is not the opposite of wajib but the meaning of sunnah here is that it is of those practices that were natural uh, to all of the prophets and also the people who said that it was wajib for those scholars who said so also mentioned so many hadith uh, which in which the prophet وسلم, is described as performing wudu and in that wudu that he performed he cleaned his nose and he also in other hadith ordered his companions to clean their nose and also they used as a proof the ayah of the Quran where Allah says wash your faces and they said that the nose is part of the face therefore it is obligatory 
within this command of Allah when he ordered the people to wash their face that also includes the command to wash the nose. The second point about which there was difference of opinion uh, was about washing or wiping over only a part of the head. There are some scholars who said that it's permissible to wash a portion of the head without washing or wiping the whole of the head and others said that it was obligatory to wipe the whole of the head uh, or the whole of the turban or the fore part of the head, the forelock, along with the rest of the turban. But as for wiping just a portion of the head alone and nothing else, this has not been reported from the Prophet ﷺ. This was the second point of disagreement amongst the scholars. And on that, the Shaykh uh, Abdullah Ali Bassam, Allah, he said that uh, the scholars are in agreement that it is obligatory to wipe the head and they are also in agreement that wiping the whole of the head is at least mustahab while the others said that it's more than mustahab, it's wajib not only mustahab but wajib those who said that it's not wajib, in any case they agreed that it's at least mustahab so even if we hold the opinion that it's mustahab then uh, that means we should do it because remember we said that the meaning of mustahab it is something that we have been commanded to do just as wajib is something that we have been commanded to do but the difference between them is that which is wajib if you don't do it then it is a commission of sin or act of disobedience for which one is justified to be punished if Allah wills or he may forgive them whereas that which is mustahab if someone doesn't do it then they would not be punished for such in any case we know that the one who does something that's mustahab, at least they would be rewarded for doing it. Even though if they didn't do it, they would not be punished, but they would lose the reward. In that case, we should be encouraged, even in those things that are mustahab and not wajib, we should still do them. Uh, then we said from this hadith, some of the rulings that are derived from it, is that it is legislated within the law of Islam and the Sharia, that a person should wash their hands three times before putting them in the water that is used for wudu. And we also said that that water should be taken out of the source of water, out of the container or wherever the water is placed. It should be taken out with the right hand. And we also said that it is legislated within the Sharia that we should perform the washing of the mouth, the washing of the nose, and the, the blowing out of the water from the nose in this order. Yeah, and he washing the mouth first and then taking water into the nose and then blowing it out. Uh, also, he said from this hadith, we realize that it is legislated in the Sharia to wash the face three times and that the boundaries of the face is from the tip of the hair line uh, to the bottom of the chin and from one ear to the other. Also, from this hadith, the point is derived from it, the washing of the hands to the elbows three times. That means from the fingertips to the end, including the elbow. Not up to the elbow before it, but including the elbow. This is also legislated as part of wudu, that the hand should be washed from the tip of the finger to the elbow, and that it should be done three times. And this is the most perfect of the way of sunnah. Also, we said that the wiping over the whole of the head should be done one time, starting from the front with both hands, going to the back, and then returning to the starting point. 
uh, also the washing of the two feet, including the ankles, three times. And the obligation of doing these things in their order, as they have been mentioned or as they have been described in the description of the wudu of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Also, we said that this description of the wudu of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam is a complete description, or it is, يعني a sifa kamila. يعني it means that it is a perfect description. But we also should note, as we will see today in the second hadith that we will take concerning wudu, that some of the things which have been mentioned in general in the Qur'an or in this hadith or in other hadith are specified or made clear or mentioned with more detail in other places. Uh, so that means that we should be aware that it is not sufficient to take one hadith but we should review whatever number of hadith of the authentic ones that we can find and compare them. Perhaps some of them will clarify some points that are found in others. And also that... Uh, One of the ways in which the salat would be considered to be complete and perfect is that the person should be attentive and their heart should be awakened and their mind should be conscious and aware uh, that they are standing before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The consciousness of being in the presence of Allah. And this is to encourage us to have ikhlas when we know that we are standing in front of Allah then we should perform our prayer sincerely and completely for Him alone and not for any other reason. Uh, and we should be warned of allowing our mind to wander into worldly things which might be a cause of our prayer being rejected or at least being diminished in its reward. Uh, the last two points that we mentioned was that uh, one of the virtues or the superiorities of the perfect and complete performance of wudu is that it is a cause of our sins being forgiven. And also that in this hadith the reward that is mentioned of one's previous sins being forgiven are based on both of these factors being uh, included that is the complete and perfect performance of wudu and the performance following that of two rakah in which a person does not allow their mind to stray or to wander and to reflect on worldly things or reflect on other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and finally we said that uh, the scholars differed about whether or not the forgiveness of sins here include all sins absolutely or it includes the minor sins and not the major sins and the strongest opinion and Allah knows best is that it includes minor sins and that all major sins should be repented from no one should count on such hadith as removing their major sins but when a person has committed a major sin they should repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah accepts sincere repentance. Hadith number eight, Al Hadith Al Thamin, is the hadith uh, reported by Al Bukhari and Muslim, as the rest of the hadith that we are taking in this book are reported by Al Bukhari and Muslim, or either one of them. An Amr ibn Yahya al Mazini an Abihi qal that Amr ibn Yahya al Mazini reported from his father, who said, Shahid to أمر ابن أبي الحسن سأل عبد الله ابن زيد رضي الله عنه أن وضوء النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم 
فَدَعَى بِتَوْرِ That uh, his father, the father of Amr ibn Yahya and Mazini said, I witnessed Amr ibn Abi al-Hassan asking Abdullah ibn Zayd and Abdullah ibn Zayd radiallahu anhu was one of the companions of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He was being asked about the wudu of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So he called for a container, a small container. بِتَنْرِ تَوْرِ مِنْ مَاءٍ فَتَوَضَّأَ لَهُمْ وُضُوءَ النَّبِيِّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ So he called for a small container of water and he performed for them the wudu of the Prophet Then the hadith describes his performance of the wudu and we should note here that just as Uthman ibn Affan رضي الله عنه taught the people the description of the wudu of the Prophet by the actual performance of wudu so also did Abdullah ibn Zayd likewise teach the people the manner of the wudu of the Prophet by actual demonstration فَأَكْفَعَ عَلَى يَدَيْهِ مِنَ التَّوْرِ فَغَفَلَ يَدَيْهِ مَرَّتَيْنِ he said he tilted the container of water and poured water over his two hands, washing them both twice or three times. Then he put his hand, in this hadith it said, Adkhala yadahu. He put his hand in the container. In the previous hadith of Uthman, he said, Fa'adkhala yaminahu. He put his right hand in the container. So these two, they are in perfect agreement, except that the first narration is more clear. It makes us to know which hand he put in the container, it was his right hand. Whereas this narration mentions his hand, one hand, but it doesn't say which one. So here is an example of how the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ that are narrated by his companions, some of them clarify others. So he rinsed his mouth with water and he put water into his nose and blew it out three times. And here again, is an expression that came in this hadith which didn't come in the previous hadith which makes more clear exactly how did he rinse his mouth and nose he rinsed his mouth and put water into his nose and blew it out three times with three handfuls of water with three handfuls of water that means that he didn't take water and put it into his mouth one time and then into his mouth a second time and then into his mouth a third time and then into his nose one time and then into his nose another time and then into his nose another time six handfuls of water no he cleaned his mouth and his nose both each time with one handful of water and he used three handfuls of water so again, this hadith makes clear the previous hadith, which only mentioned that he washed his nose and mouth three times, but it didn't make clear that he only used three handfuls of water. 
yadahu fitawri faghasala wajhahu thalathan then he put his hand in the container and he washed his face he put his hand one hand in the container and he washed his face thalathan three times thumma adkhala yadayhi then he put both hands in that water faghasalahuma marrataini ila almirfaqaini then he put both hands into the container and he washed both of them two times ila almirfaqaini up to the elbow and you know in the previous hadith Uthman described the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam washing his hands three times thumma adkhala yadayhi then he put his hand in the water again tamasaha bihima or he put his hands in the water and he wiped with those two hands tamasaha bihima ra'sahu he wiped his head with his two hands and here abdullah ibn zaid radiyallahu anhu describes exactly how the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam wiped his head uthman ibn affan radiyallahu anhu obviously in demonstrating the wudu of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam they saw exactly how he did it but when those people who saw him performing this wudu described it they didn't describe everything that he did in detail they said he wiped his head but they didn't say exactly how he wiped his head so you see there's something left unclear here that's why the performance of the wudu is the most perfect description because the person sees everything exactly as it is done whereas when it's described maybe some expression might be used that's general and it doesn't make clear exactly what the person did in the case of the description as it was reported from Uthman not as he did it himself he demonstrated it completely but as they reported it from him when they described what he did they said he wiped his head but here the narrators who reported from Abdullah ibn Zaid radiyallahu anhu described in more detail exactly how he wiped his head and they said famasaha bihi ma ra'sahu he wiped his head with his two hands faqbala bihi ma wa adbara marratan wahida then he take he took his two hands and wiped his head from forward going back and then returning again to where he started from فَأَقْبَلَ بِهِمَا وَأَذْبَرَ and here also he said مَرَّةً وَاحِدَةً that he only did this one time ثُمَّ غَسَلَ رِجْلَيْهِ then he washed his two feet here the shaykh uh, he mentions two other narrations or a portion of two other narrations which even more detailed in one of those narrations it describes how he wiped his head in these words bada bi muqaddam ra'sihi he began with the front of his head muqaddam ra'sihi hatta zahaba bihima ila qafahu until he went with his two hands to the nape of his neck until he reached the end of his hairline at his neck thumma raddahuma then he returned his two hands hatta raja'a ila al-makan alladhi bada'a minhu until he returned to the place where he started from you see the same uh, description of the wudu but the one who reports it narrated with more detail than another which makes uh, the description of the wudu more complete and more clear uh here the shaykh he says 
concerning those things that are derived from this hadith. He says, this hadith teaches us similar or almost the same thing what we had learned from the previous hadith of Uthman radiallahu anhu because both of these hadith are complete descriptions of the wudu of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam except that in this hadith there is some extra benefit or some points that became more clear uh, and it requires that we should understand the previous hadith which might be more general in light of this hadith which is more specific. Naam. 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 Jazakallah khair. Abdul Halim says this hadith did not mention washing his ears. And we will come to this inshallah in our discussion of some of the minor or some of the more specific points concerning wudu. There are so many hadiths describing the wudu of the Prophet ﷺ. We cannot discuss all of them in detail, but we will at least pass through some of them that will make some of these points more clear. Uh, but let me say here that uh, in the same way that the scholars understood, those scholars who said that it was wajib to clean the nose, they said that some of them use as a proof the ayah of the Qur'an which mentioned where Allah orders us to wash the face. So that ayah is general, washing the face. But they understood that the nose is part of the face so it's understood there. It's understood. And in the same way, the Qur'an orders us to wipe the head. And the Prophet ﷺ orders us to wipe our heads. And he himself wiped his head when he performed wudu. And he also said in authentic hadith that the ears, al-udunan min al-ra'as that the ears are part of the head. So when we are ordered to wipe our head, it also includes the ears. So that's something that may not be mentioned specifically. But when it is mentioned that we wipe our head, then it also includes wiping the ears. And in some hadith it was mentioned specifically, in some other narration. Uh, in this hadith, he said that rinsing the mouth, al-madmada, and cleaning the nose, al-istinshaq, both of them have been mentioned as being done three times from three handfuls of water. Yeah, and the three handfuls of water were used to wash both mouth and nose three times. And this, as we already pointed out, is a clarification of how the nose and mouth was washed by the Prophet wasallam. Secondly, in this hadith, It is mentioned that he washed his hands two times. In this hadith, the wording that he washed his hands twice, two times, up to the elbows, which in the previous hadith, he mentioned washing the hands three times. And if we have time, we will see that there are some authentic hadith recorded by Al-Bukhari and Muslim in which it is reported that the Prophet ﷺ washed the parts that are washed in wudu three times. And it is also authentically reported that he washed those parts of wudu two times. And it is also authentically reported and it is acceptable and correct as the Prophet ﷺ sometimes washed the parts that are washed in wudu one time. They are authentic hadith that he did all of those parts one time 
and that he did them two times except the head and that he did them three times except the head about the head being washed three times there is difference of opinion as we mentioned in the previous lecture so here it is confirmed that the Prophet ﷺ not only washed the parts of wudu or the hands in this case as mentioned specifically here three times but also two times another point in this hadith it is mentioned in the hadith then he put his hand in the water and he washed his face three times here the hand is mentioned in the singular not yadehi, two hands, but he put one hand in the water and this is mentioned in the report of Imam Muslim and most of the reports of Al-Imam Al-Bukhari Rahimahumallah Al-Imam Al-Nawi Rahimahullah in explaining these hadith after mentioning these reports that said one hand or two hands he said it is an, this, this particular hadith of Abdullah ibn Zayd is a proof that washing the face with one hand with one hand is a sunnah to wash the face in wudu with one hand is a sunnah as established in this hadith of Abdullah ibn Zayd where he demonstrated the wudu of the Prophet however that which is more famous and that which Al-Jumhur or the majority of the scholars are in agreement with is that it is mustahab it is preferable, commendable and more beloved to take the water for washing the face with two hands with both hands because this is easier and it is nearer or it is yeah, and it makes it easier for the person to wipe his face completely and thoroughly and this is required and expected in wudu that every part which is washed in wudu should be washed thoroughly and completely as we mentioned in one of the first lectures that the Prophet ﷺ said Wailun lil to those people who when they washed their feet didn't wash them thoroughly but left only a small spot dry the Prophet ﷺ warned them Wailun that there is threat of destruction or punishment or as some of the scholars said Wail is a valley in the hellfire for those who don't wash thoroughly their feet and in that case any other part of the body can be understood so here Al-Imam Nawawi said that it is Sunnah as it is established from the Prophet ﷺ wash the face with one hand but the majority of scholars said that it is mustahab not obligatory but mustahab to wash the face with two hands and this is easier and it enables the person to wash the face more thoroughly also in the previous hadith the wording that came in wiping the head then he wiped some of the scholars said that it means he wiped a part of his head we discussed this difference of opinion previously but in this hadith the wording is more clear in this hadith in this hadith the wording is more clear in which he said he put his two hands in the water 
bihima, he wiped with his two hands ra'sahu. The expression or the word ba or the letter ba is not used here for wiping the head, which makes it more clear that he wiped his head, the whole of it, and then the rest of the hadith even makes it more clear when he described that the Prophet ﷺ wiped his head from the beginning of the foreline or the forehead to the back and returning again, showing that he wiped the whole of his head and not a part of it. And again, as we mentioned, there is difference of opinion about this point. Uh, also, he says in this hadith, the mention, the specific and clear mention of the wiping of the whole of the head and the description of exactly how the head should be wiped makes us to know that some of the evidences or the revelation that came in Quran or authentic hadith of the Prophet ﷺ sometimes clarifies other ayats or other hadith and this is a qaida or a rule that we should try to apply in our understanding of fiqh that it is a necessity when we are trying to derive a ruling or come to a conclusion that we collect all of the evidences and not only take one proof and make our judgment or our decision based on one hadith or one ayah but we should collect them all together so that some of them will clarify others and we will not misunderstand by taking perhaps some expression which is general uh, and defining it by our own thinking or understanding whereas that expression may have been defined in another ayah of Quran or in another hadith. So it is important before coming to a conclusion that we should try as best we can to collect all of the evidences related to a particular issue before reaching any conclusion. Also in this hadith, in both this hadith and the previous one, the rinsing of the mouth and nose are mentioned that it was done with one hand, but in this hadith or in the previous hadith, the right hand is mentioned specifically, whereas in this hadith, just it only mentions that he used his hand, one hand, but it doesn't mention which hand. So here again is the case of one hadith clarifying or explaining another. Here he says in this hadith it is mentioned, as we already pointed out, that he put both hands in the water when he wanted to wipe his head and he wiped his head with both hands and he started from the front and went to the back and then returned and he did this one time Al-Imam Abu Dawood rahimahullah says that the authentic hadith his words are a hadith as-siha kulluha tadullu ala anna mas'ar-ra's Al Imam Abu Dawood, and as we know, Al Imam Abu Dawood was a great scholar of hadith, and he compiled many books, amongst them his Sunan, the Sunan of Abu Dawood, which is a great book of fiqh, in that his book, the Sunan of Abu Dawood, contains approximately 5,000 or 4,800 hadith, all of them concerned with ahkam or the rules related to Islamic law. He didn't collect anything except hadith related to the Sharia, the Islamic rules and laws. So we can say rightly 
that that book, though it is a book, a collection of hadith, it is also a book of fiqh. And Imam Abu Dawood, some of the scholars said, after examining his collection of hadith, that he was an imam of fiqh. Not only of hadith, he was an imam of fiqh based on this book that he collected. So Imam Abu Dawood, rahimahullah, says that the authentic hadith, all of them, point to or indicate that the wiping of the head is one time. And Ibn al-Munzir, rahimahullah, also said similarly that that which is authentically reported or that which is confirmed from the Prophet sallallahu concerning wiping the head is one time and we mentioned previously that there is some difference of opinion about it and some of the scholars said that it is permissible to do it three times and there appear to be some reports from the Prophet sallallahu though they are few though they are few which mention the wiping of the head three times and Allah knows best certainly the more well established tradition of the Prophet ﷺ is to wipe the head one time. Also in this hadith we can understand that it is permissible that there be uh, some difference in the wiping of the parts of the body which are washed in wudu, that is in the number of times that they are washed. As in this hadith he mentioned the wiping of the hands two times while he mentioned the wiping of the other parts three times. So that this hadith indicates and proves that it is permissible not only to wipe all parts one time, or all parts two times, or all parts three times, but even that in one wudu, it is permissible that a person might wash the hands two times and the other parts three times. Although the washing or the wiping three times is the more perfect and complete. Nonetheless, less than three times, twice or once is also acceptable and the wudu is correct. Finally, he said that the scholars differed about where the wiping over the head should begin with. And he says that it is it should begin from the front and go to the back and then return. And this is the opinion of many of the scholars including Al-Imam Ibn Diqiq Al-Eid, who is a great Shafi'i scholar, and Al-Imam Al-Sana'ani from Yemen, uh, and others. While some other scholars understood the wording, فَأَقْبَلَ بِهِمَا وَأَدْبَرَ They understood that this means, أَقْبَلَ means he started from the back and came to the front. And أَدْبَرَ means that he started from the front and went to the back. In any case, the most correct opinion, and Allah knows best, is that the wiping of the head should start from the front and then to the back. As some narrations of the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ make it very clear that he started from muqaddam ra'ihi, that means from the front of his head. This is uh, what we wanted to cover today in this hadith. And before going to the next hadith, really, which actually takes us to another uh, yeah, any subject not directly or completely limited to wudu before leaving from wudu I wanted to just uh, pass through some of the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ quickly which we don't have the time to discuss in detail but will make some of these matters related to wudu more clear and these hadith are taken from the book of Al-Imam Hafiz Ibn Hajj Al-Asqalani his book, Bulugh al-Maram, in which he collected hadith 
related to the rule of the Islamic law or the hadith of al-ahkam rulings or regulations in the Islamic law uh, the hadith of Ali radiallahu anhu in which he described the wudu of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallama and he said وَمَفَحَا بِرَأْسِهِ وَاحِدَةً that he wiped his head one time this is the hadith that was narrated by Ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu anhu and is reported by Abu Dawood and Nasai and At-Tirmidhi with a Isnad Sahih authentic chain of narrators in fact Al-Imam At-Tirmidhi rahimahullah he said إِنَّهُ أَصْطَحُ شَيْءٍ فِي الباب, that it is the most authentic report concerning the wiping over the head this hadith is the most authentic the hadith of Ali and it mentions clearly that the wiping of the head is one time also we mentioned this narration uh, which is muttafaqun alayh we mentioned this in our discussion previously but just for emphasis uh, the hadith of Abdullah ibn Zayd radiallahu anhu in which he described the wiping uh, over the head as it was done by the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he used this word specifically in the hadith بَدَأَ بِمُقَدِّمْ رَأْسِهِ that he began with the front of his head until he reached the back the point of his neck and then he returned to the place where he started from also a clear description came in the hadith that was reported by Abu Dawood and Nasai and it was reported in the Sahih of Ibn Khuzayma who said that this hadith is authentic it is reported on the authority of Abdul ibn Amr radiallahu anhu Concerning the description of the wudu of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, ثُمَّ مَفَحَ بِرَأْسِهِ وَأَدْخَلَ إِصْبَعَيْهِ السَّبَّاحَتَيْنِ فِي أُذْنِهِ. That is, he said the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam wiped his head, and he put his two forefingers in his ears. وَمَسَهَا بِإِبْهَامَيْهِ عَلَى ظَاهِرِ أُذُنَيْهِ And he wiped the outside of his ears with his thumb. So in some hadith, only the mention of wiping of the head and the ears are part of the head. And other hadith mention that he wiped his ears. In this hadith, it mentions specifically, exactly how did he do it. That he put his forefingers inside his ears and his thumbs outside of his ears. Uh, Also, the hadith of Abu Huraira that is reported by Al-Bukhari and Muslim Radiallahu an Abi Huraira He said that the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said إِذَا اسْتَيْقَبَ أَحَدُكُمْ مِنْ مَنَامِهِ فَلْيَسْتَنْفِرْ ثَلَاثًا If any one of you wakes up from his sleep then he should put water in his nose and blow it out three times فَإِنَّ الشَّيْطَانَ يَبِيتُ 
خشومه يعني this should be done and it is a command from the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم فليستنفر فليستنفر it is a command that a person when they wake up from sleep they should clean out their nose and the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم made us to know exactly why he said for verily the shaitan spends the night inside of one's nostrils and this hadith although it might seem strange to some people it is reported by al-Bukhari and Muslim and that means it is the most authentic of all hadith those hadith which are muttafaqun alayh reported by both al-Bukhari and Muslim and it is of those hadith which a Muslim or a mu'min, a believer is expected to accept when we acknowledge that the Prophet ﷺ doesn't say anything from his own self it is but revelation that is revealed Allah has confirmed that whatever he says it is revelation that is revealed and this is from the knowledge that could only be known by revelation and even if it might sound strange we are expected to believe in those hadith which are authentically reported from the Prophet ﷺ even if our intellect cannot explain it we are obligated to rinse out our nose when we awaken for verily shaitan spends the night in one's nostril Uh, also, another detail that came in the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, and it is reported, as he mentions here, Al-Hafiz mentions, he said, Rawahu aw akhrajahu al-arba'a, and al-arba'a means the four, and whenever we read in the hadith of the scholars of hadith that it has been reported by al-arba'a, then we should understand it means the four books of Sunan, that are very famous, that is the Sunan of Abu Dawood, the Sunan of At-Tirmidhi, the Sunan of Ibn Majah, and the Sunan of An-Nasai. He said this hadith is reported by Al-Arba'a, وَصَحَّحَهُ Ibn Khuzayma, and Ibn Khuzayma in his book of Sahih, he also declared it Sahih. And uh, he said in that hadith, that is on the authority of Laqit Ibn Sabrata, رضي الله تعالى عنه, he said the Messenger of Allah, صلى الله عليه وسلم, أسبغ الوضوء وخلل بين الأصابع وبالغ في الاستنشاق إلا أن تكون صائما The Prophet ﷺ ordered us أسبغ الوضوء Make your wudu complete and perfect أسبغ الوضوء وخلل بين الأصابع and wipe between your fingers and الأصابع means fingers or toes it is used in Arabic to mean either the fingers or the toes. وَخَلِّلْ بَيْنَ الْأَصَابِعِ For here, the washing of the hands is more described here perfectly in that the washing of the hands also requires wiping or rubbing between the fingers. And washing of the feet requires washing between the toes. وَبَالِغْ فِي الْإِسْتِنْشَاقِ And try to take some water to go down. Uh, then he should not do such if he is fasting. Otherwise, the one who is not fasting, he has no fear that water may go inside of his body. He should take that water as far as possible up into his nose and blow it out. Uh, also, another description came in this hadith, which is reported by Akhrajahu uh, al-Tirmidhi wa Sahahu ibn Khuzayma. It is reported in the Sunan of al-Tirmidhi and it is declared Sahih by Ibn Khuzayma the hadith of Uthman radiallahu ta'ala anhu 
أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم كان يخلل لحيته في الوضوء that the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم used to run his fingers through his beard when he was performing wudu he used to put his fingers wet hands through his beard when he was performing wudu this is from the sunnah of the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم that the one especially who has a thick beard they should put their fingers through their beard when they are performing wudu Uh, <coughs> also in the hadith of Abdullah ibn Zayd radiyallahu anhu as it is reported by Al-Bayhaqi in his Sunan and he said Isnaduhu Sahih that it, the chain of narratives is authentic and At-Tirmidhi also said that the chain of narratives was authentic he said Ra'a النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يأخذ لأذنيه ماء خلافا الماء الذي أخذه لرأسه This hadith uh, is a point of difference amongst the scholars those who consider it to be sahih like al-imam al-tirmidhi and al-bayhaqi considered that it is proper and permissible for someone to take water for wiping the ears other than the water which they have taken to wipe the head it is a point of difference of opinion and the strongest opinion is that the water used to wipe the head should be also used to wipe the ears without taking extra water that which remains on the hand after wiping the head should then be used immediately to wipe the ears and uh, this report also was reported by Imam Muslim but Imam Muslim and his re- report of this hadith said وَمَسَحَ بِرَأْسِهِ بِمَاءٍ غَيْرَ فَضْلِ يَدَيْهِ وَهُوَ الْمَحْفُوظ that he wiped his head taking extra water from that he had taken for the washing of his hands يعني in the first narration it said that he used water to wipe his ears other than the water that he wiped his head but in the narration of Muslim it said that he used water to wipe his head other than the water that he used to wipe his hands that is he took fresh water to wipe his head after washing the hands he took fresh water to wipe his head but not for the ears in the previous hadith it said he took fresh water after wiping the head to wipe the ears but the correct opinion is that fresh water should be taken for the head and that which remains from it should be used to wipe the ears then he mentions some hadith inshallah that we will take uh, in the coming lecture so we can skip uh, here the hadith reported by al-arba'ah and we already explained al-arba'ah who they are so no need to mention again and it is also declared to be sahiba ibn khuzayma on the authority of abu hurairah radiyallahu ta'ala anhu he said that the messenger of allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam إذا said إذا توضعتم فابدأوا بيناميني بميامينكم يعني if, any, if when you make wudu then you must begin with your right يعني start from the right washing the right parts first the right hand or right arm right side right feet and so on 
so that it is from the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam that we should wash the right first and then the left. Also, Al-Mughayra ibn Shu'aba radiyallahu anhu reported that the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam tawadda'a famasaha binasiyatihi wa ala imamati ala al-imamati wal khuffaini it is reported by Muslim that the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam performed wudu and he wiped his four lak and his imama and his khuffain uh, his leather sacks he wiped the forehead and then continued wiping the rest over his turban without taking his turban off so that the person who is wearing a turban and perhaps it might also be applicable to women that there's no need to take off their khimar but they can wipe the forehead and then continue wiping over the rest of their khimar inshallah also this hadith is not authentic the isnad is daif but I want to mention it because uh, just as a point of information it is an unauthentic hadith it is not authentic please be aware it is not authentic but it had been reported by Ad-Darqutni with a weak chain of narratives from Jabir ibn Abdullah radiallahu anhuma may Allah be pleased with him and his father that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam إذا توضع أدار الماء على مرفقه that the Prophet ﷺ used to let the water run down his elbows while performing ablution he used to let the water run down his elbows but as we said it's only mentioned as a point of information but the hadith is not it does not have an authentic chain of narratives which means that we should not rely on such hadith we should not claim that it is really a sunnah and we should not say that the Prophet ﷺ did such because the chain of narratives being weak suggests to us that it is likely to be a false, false report and that it cannot be relied upon. Also, it is important to mention this hadith, and there is a long discussion about it. Uh, we, we cannot discuss it in detail, but at least it's important to mention the hadith which has been reported by Abu Dawood in his Sunan, and the isnad of this hadith is weak, meaning it is not a reliable hadith. It is not acceptable to be used as a proof. We should not attribute it to the Prophet ﷺ, nor claim that it is from the Sunnah. Uh, it is reported on the authority of Talha ibn Musarrif from his father, from his grandfather, that he said, Radiallahu anhu, Raitu Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Yafilu bain al madmada wal istinshaq. That I saw the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam rinsing his mouth and sniffing water and blowing his nose with separate scoops of water that is he used to do them separately rinsing the mouth with one handful of water and rinsing the nose with another handful of water separately but this hadith also is not authentic it is not sahih 
So we should not rely upon such, but we should rely upon the authentic narration which we have mentioned today, that the Prophet وسلم, uh, cleaned his mouth and cleaned his nose three times with three handfuls of water, not six. Naam. Also, the hadith, he mentions here the same hadith which I just mentioned, and we all already mentioned it in our discussion, uh, that he put his hand in the utensil and rinsed his mouth and nose with one scoop of water. And he did that three times. And each time he took a scoop of water, he rinsed his mouth and nose from that same scoop. And this hadith is reported in Al-Bukhari and Muslim. Uh, the last um, the last hadith that Al-Hafiz Ibn Hajj Al-Asqalani mentions in his book Bulug Al-Muram on this chapter of Wudu is a very important hadith and perhaps insha'Allah next week we will uh, copy this hadith and also request that we memorize at least a portion of it. It is the hadith that is reported by Imam Muslim and Al-Imam Al-Tirmidhi Rahimahumullah from Umar Ibn Al-Khattab radiyallahu anhu he said that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said مَا مِنْكُمْ مِنْ أَحَدٍ يَتَوَضَّعُوا فَيُصْبِغُوا الْوُضُوءُ that there is no one of you who makes wudu and he makes his wudu completely and perfectly and thoroughly. There is no one who does such and then after making this perfect, complete and thorough wudu, he says, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika la wa ashhadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluhu. Whoever makes a perfect wudu and after performing that wudu testifies to the shahada of the oneness or the uniqueness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the prophethood of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam by saying Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lah wa ashhadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluhu no one makes such a wudu and says these words except that the doors of paradise will be open and in another narration that the eight doors of paradise would be open for him and he may enter by anyone that he likes whoever makes a complete thorough and perfect wudu and then says these few words then he will have the doors of paradise open for him. And this hadith is sahih, reported by Al-Imam Muslim. And Imam Al-Tirmidhi included in that hadith, in his report, he said that also an additional supplication which is mentioned after the performance of wudu, 
is Allahumma ja'alni min al-thawwabina wa ja'alni min al-muttatahirin. Oh Allah, uh, make me or include me amongst the tawwabina, those who turn to you in repentance, and make me of the muttatahirina, those who purify themselves. So we should try to utilize such an opportunity that when we perform wudu, we should say this supplication, it is very easy to learn and the reward for it is great. And we should keep in mind that such supplication, it requires that we should reflect on its meaning. It should be a reminder to us when we say such words that Allah is alone and unique and He alone deserves to be worshipped so that our the whole of our life should be offered in worship to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we should believe that this reward is true and hope for it and expect it that if we believe in these words and we say them sincerely then Allah would keep his promise and give us this great reward Allahumma ja'alni min al-tawwabina wa ja'alni min al-muttatahirin these are some of the hadith and there are many others we cannot cover them all but these are some of the hadith uh, in addition to the two hadith which we gave as description of the wudu of the Prophet ﷺ from Abdullah ibn Zayd radiallahu anhu and Uthman ibn Affan radiallahu anhu <coughs> also these hadith these additional hadith should be carefully reviewed and we should try to practice what we found confirmed in these hadith and avoid that which is not confirmed from the Prophet ﷺ. If there is any question or any comment or correction, then uh, you may do so now. Mm. Now that we are using continuous water, we are using more. <coughs> well, really, you know, uh, we should be careful. It is a dangerous thing, uh, especially yani, the waste of anything is dangerous. Wasting anything is dangerous. And especially when we know that the Prophet ﷺ taught us not to be wasteful and he demonstrated such in his performance of wudu and even in his performance of ghusl uh, and even there came authentic hadith the meaning of which is that the Prophet ﷺ explained when he was asked about a person who made wudu even from a stream would it be wasteful could they be wasteful and such and even in that case he advised that a person shouldn't even, in such case, think that... Uh, can someone take the question, please? Even the person who is making wudu from a stream shouldn't feel that there is no waste here, therefore he can use as much water as possible, even in that case. Uh, just take the paper, please. Jazakallah <laughs> khair. <laughs> Even in that case, uh, we should not um, consider the matter lightly uh, and be wasteful. 
it is reported by in the Musnad of Imam Ahmed and in the Sahih of Ibn Khuzayma a hadith from Abdullah ibn Zayd radiallahu anhu that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallama utiya mud someone brought him two thirds of a mud fajaala yadluku ذراعيه. then he started to rub his arms with that small amount of water that was given to him here in the commentary it is mentioned that there are other hadith which said he was given a full mud as opposed to two thirds of a mud and the commentator says that one mud is a little more than 600 grams and this is the least quantity of water mentioned for ablution. Otherwise, it will be very difficult to perform ablution with small amount of water. Allah Akbar, Allah Akbar. Allah Akbar, Allah Akbar. Uh, it is also mentioned by some of the scholars that four amdad or four mud is equal to a sa'a and that mud they said is when a man advertised hands place his two palms together and scoops up something four handfuls like this is what he is what the mud is consisting of so if you consider how much water that can be you can see it is a very small amount which shows that the Prophet emphasized that we should try to uh, economize in the use of water and not be wasteful he used to make wudu from a small amount of water. And of course this requires some training. We should do the best we can to try to spare the water and not be uh, wasteful. And if we train ourselves, inshallah, we can use less water. We shouldn't feel that because the water is coming from the faucet that it's okay. Uh, but in any case, we should turn the faucet on very slowly and try not to be wasteful in using the water. Um, this, this question, I don't know if it's related to our, I hope it's related to our topic, 
my maid who was working in Saudi Arabia before coming to Doha said that the people there fast on Thursday and Friday, sometimes on Wednesday as Sunnah fasting. This is the first time I know of such a practice. I told her from all of my studies I know that Sunnah fasting is Monday and Thursday. Can you please clarify for us the true Sunnah practice? This is not related to our topic. <laughs> but anyway, uh, for sure, there are many Sunnahs of the Prophet The regular practice or the weekly practice of the Prophet was to fast on Mondays and Thursdays. And the monthly practice of the Prophet was to fast on the, in the middle of the month, 13th, 14th, and 15th. And yearly, he used to fast on dis- different days, such as the, uh, the day of Arafat, for those who are not performing Hajj, uh, the six days of Shawwal, and uh, so many other days. As for uh, what? And what? Naam. Ashura. Naam. Uh, as for there being a sunnah fast to fast on uh, Friday, it's not sunnah to fast on Friday, uh, but it's permissible to fast on Friday. If they used to fast on Thursday and Friday, then it's permissible. It is undesirable to fast on Thursday alone, but it is permissible if that person fasts the day before or intends to fast the day after. To join Friday to another day is permissible, but not to fast individually in that case if they used to fast also on Thursday it's permissible to fast on Friday but I don't think and Allah knows best I don't think we can say that it is sunnah to fast on Friday I don't know that there is such a hadith in which is reported the Prophet ﷺ used to fast as Friday so that we could consider it a sunnah uh, since there is no mention of this in the hadith you have quoted is it permissible to wash or wipe the back of our neck while wiping the ears or head? I know so many Arabs who do this as a strict rule and have taught so many of us Western Muslim sisters. Uh, actually, this question uh, I think we mentioned last week. Someone asked this question. And uh, we didn't mention any hadith concerning such. But I did intend to discuss this issue this week. Unfortunately, um, I forgot. In any case, the important thing is that as far as I know, and Allah knows best, <coughs> uh, to wipe the neck as a part of wudu is not from the sunnah. Not when wiping the ears or the head. And Al-Imam Al-Nawawi, in his words, he said the wiping of the neck in wudu is bid'ah. These are the words of Imam Nawawi, rahimahullah. Uh, that to wipe the neck in wudu is innovation. In spite of that, there are some scholars who said that it is permissible to wipe the neck and Allah knows best, but I think that the opinion or the position of Imam Nawawi is the opinion of the majority of the scholars and it is the strongest opinion and uh, the most authentic hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, we didn't find in any of them the mention of wiping the neck and Allah knows best. Um, perhaps... Um, yeah, I mean, those scholars who said that it was permissible uh, must have some kind of evidence, even if it's not strong. And we are going to leave now quickly, uh, so don't send any more questions. It's time for us to pray. Uh, do you have the answers to the quest in for the people who said if someone hasn't prayed for years? Oh. Uh, Please clarify the matter of which parts can be washed twice or once. 
Does this mean if washing some parts three times? Does this mean if washing some parts three times we can wash some parts twice or once in the same wudu? Now, it does mean that it's permissible uh, to mix the number of times even in one wudu, but the most يعني, well-established practice of the Prophet ﷺ is to wash all of the parts one time or to wash all of them two times except the head or to wash all of them three times except the head but to mix them up is also permissible as it is confirmed in the authentic hadith that we mentioned today from Abdul ibn Zayd and that hadith is reported in Al-Bukhari and Muslim that he washed the hands two times though he washed the other parts of the body that's washed in wudu three times as I said, the most authentic and strongest report is that all parts should be washed once, twice or three times, excluding the head. Uh, and the most perfect is to wash them three times, excluding the head. The most perfect is to wash three times. That's the best and the most complete. But it's also permissible to wash them twice each or once each and even according to the description of Abdullah ibn Zayd anhu, of the wudu of the Prophet that he washed his hands two times, though he washed the other parts of the body three times, then it's permissible. And in closing, there's a question here. I, I really uh, don't want to delay the answer to this question, but I would prefer to mention some of the fatawa of the scholars concerning this issue. But anyway, for the, for the purpose of clarification, uh, let me just briefly mention this point. Do you have the answers to the question for the people who said if someone hasn't prayed for years, what should they do? Uh, there are many fatawa of our scholars, our contemporary scholars, the scholars of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah, who, whose opinions or positions or rulings in these matters are based on evidence from the Quran and Sunnah. And the majority of our contemporary scholars, and I have read some of the fatawa of some of them, like Sheikh Abdulaziz ibn Baz and Sheikh Muhammad ibn Salih al-Uthaymeen and Sheikh Salih al-Fawzan. And those fatawa are present with us here, and we may bring them in the future and read them exactly the quotation as they mention it. But the summary of what they said is that if a person has abandoned prayer for a number of years, then they fall under the category of those whom the Prophet ﷺ said, the person who abandons salat, is a kafir. Uh, the Prophet ﷺ said that the covenant or the pact or the thing that separates us from them or distinguishes us from them is as-salat. The one who abandons salat, then he has definitely fallen into disbelief. In that case, our scholars, may Allah protect and preserve them, said, that the person who returns to Islam after having fallen into kufr should repent should repent from this act that they have done in abandoning the salat make sincere repentance and then they should begin to perform the prayers regularly and their repentance excuse them from whatever they did before that and there's no need for them <coughs> to estimate how many prayers they missed in the last two years or in the last three years, or in the last ten years, and try to make them up. And even some of the scholars said that to do such a thing would be a hardship. And the basic principles of our religion suggest that Islam came to bring ease to the people and not difficulty. And it might even frighten some people from making repentance if they know that they didn't pray in ten years, 
and they have to make up the prayers that they missed in 10 years, 5 prayers a day for 360 something days in a year, they might not return to Islam for fear that they cannot fulfill or make up all of those prayers they missed. So they said that that person should merely repent, make sincere repentance and uh, yeah, I mean, they should uh, make resolution not to fall into such a condition again. They should perform their prayers regularly and it is also good that they should do extra good deeds such as giving charity or performing voluntary prayers or doing any such good deeds like Umrah or Hajj so that they may raise up the good deeds on their scales for when they stand before Allah on Yawm Qiyamah. So in summary, uh, the answer as I understand it is that the person who has abandoned the prayer became a kafir and they are not accountable anymore. They fall under the category of the kafirs. If they return to Islam, they repented sincerely and they begin to perform their prayers and Allah accepts their repentance and Allah forgives them and they should just try to perform their prayers regularly and on time and not to return back to that condition again and they should try to do extra good deeds as much as possible but there's no need to count the number of prayers and try to perform them or to try to make them up in Allah knows best. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika. Ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk.